what's up, everybody? Welcome to Trust and Believe. I'm your host, Sean T. Coming up today, we are talking about stem cells. We are talking about everything recovery. We are talking about not being afraid to ask for help. And we're also going to be talking about how not to judge yourself and also trying to make yourself better in all areas of your life. Get ready to trust and believe. Somebody say, oh, yeah. Huh? 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 What's up? This is Sean T, and it's time to trust and believe. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, what's up? Welcome to Trust and Believe. I'm your host, Sean T. And today we are going to go on a recovery journey. I want you all to do me a favor before I go into my personal story. And that is close your eyes for a second and think about that time where your body felt really crazy or really uneasy. Or maybe it was a day or two after you were very sore after a really intense insanity workout or one of my other crazy workouts or maybe even a dance workout and I want you to think about how your body felt this happens a lot of times in the beginning of the year when people have these new year's resolutions and they're like I'm gonna work out really hard and then two days later they're so sore they can't even stand up off the couch or off the toilet as you think about that feeling as you think about that pain or you think about that struggle I want you to now think about what goes through your mind when you're thinking about what is it that I'm going to do to relieve this feeling. And if you're a person out there who feels the pain and says, you know what, I'm going to skip my workout today. If you're that kind of person, how long does that skipping of the workout last? Does it last one day? Do you take two days of rest? Do you take three days of rest? And then the next thing to think about is how does it affect your mental state as you prolong your quote unquote days off? One of the reasons we work out is so that we can get strong and healthy and stay really fit. But the other side of working out is the recovery and the muscle burn and the tearing down of the muscles and the mental recovery that's needed so that you can continue the journey. Well, today I'm going to take you on my recovery journey and a really tough lesson that I learned over the last three months, three or four months in terms of how to really make my recovery a priority so that not only my body can see and continue to see amazing results, 
but also how my mind is affected and how my mind can see amazing results. And also, I'm going to talk about how it can affect your relationships, how your personal journey mentally and physically can affect your relationships. I know that was a lot, but get ready to trust and believe in your recovery. All right, we are back with Trust and Believe. I'm going to take you guys on a journey, and I'm going to be very transparent and probably a little vulnerable here. As a fitness professional for the last 22 years, 23 years, I pride myself on being fit. I pride myself on having a good body. I pride myself on having good internal health. And I pride myself on having great nutrition. And minus a little donuts here and there. But I pride myself on those things. But one of the things that I've neglected for a very long time is the recovery aspect of what your body needs to feel really, really great. And I'm not saying recovery by way of taking days off. We all know we have recovery days. We all know we have rest days. We all know that if you follow an insanity calendar, you have this many days off so you can not work out. But the kind of recovery that I'm talking about and the kind of recovery that I've learned about, and I say the hard way, is the recovery that you need to do in terms of taking an active approach on helping your body recovery. What it is that your body needs to recover, whether it's icing, whether it's meditating for mental purposes, or a bunch of other things that I'll talk about today. But the vulnerable part, the vulnerable part comes here. As you all know, I was in a boat accident, boat jet ski accident in July, and it really rocked me mentally. What I didn't really realize is how bad it affected me physically. Yes, I had a friend who's a doctor tell me that once I got into that boat accident, every cell in my body was affected. And I was like, yes, okay, I feel it. That's great. But I really didn't attach to what that meant until probably a couple weeks later. But let me go back a year. About a year ago, October of 2019, I was introduced to Dr. Elamine, who is an orthopedic surgeon, but also a stem cell therapy specialist. He is incredible and amazing, and I went and I got stem cells on my knees because I had really bad knees from dancing, from track and field, uh, and all the sports that I played throughout my entire life. I want to tell you guys real quick how I used to recover. Now, this is a little combination of my past recovery. One, I used to, before the pandemic, I would go to cryotherapy. I've taken a couple cold showers. I would ice here and there, but the key word to that was here and there. I would do it here and there. Most of my recovery days were, all right, I'm going to rest my body. I'm going to take a day off. I might take an extra nap today. I might go play more tennis on my recovery day because I don't have to do insanity or do one of my workout programs. That's what my recovery used to be. I used to look at recovery as just not working out, but just kind of resting or doing some other activity and sometimes I mean I would get a massage often but I would get a massage I would sometimes go to cryo I was like oh this is fun like I'll do this I was doing it I was doing those types of recoveries more for just like oh I'm going to do this because it's like the cool thing to do but I know it helps but really my recovery is I'm just not going to work out 
but clearly that was not working. I got stem cell therapy on my knees and I immediately, almost immediately felt an amazing change in my mobility, in my recovery. I, I literally felt like I went back to being a kid again. And by way of being able to jump higher, jump longer, last longer in my workouts and it was doing really great. My body felt amazing. And then this past summer, because of the pandemic, we started Dig Deeper Nation. And in Dig Deeper Nation, we were doing extremely hard workouts. And I was back to loving power jumps. I was back to loving doing dances where I drop it low, pick it up. I was I had really great mobility in my legs and in my knees. But after the boat accident happened, not only did my body go into a tightened state, but my mind went there too. And I just went kind of in a downhill slope. I didn't necessarily know how to get out of this rut in terms of my body being super active and and, mo- and mobile and my body just being excited. And then in addition to that, my mind followed suit. And I was constantly struggling with conquer your mind, conquer your mind. Your body's going to be fine. You just have to push through. You just have to work hard. And eventually it caught up to me to the point where I had to go to Scott. Scott is my husband, for those of you who don't know. And I said, Scott, I think I need stem cell therapy again. Now, the reason why I was nervous to go to Scott is because, to be quite honest, stem cell therapy is very expensive. And you just have to talk to your spouse about things like this. I can't just be like, I'm going to go get this. We have to talk about it. We have to make sure that we can afford it. We have to make sure that it's something that I definitely need. So Scott definitely was like, okay, why do you need it? And I said, you know, more than just my body needing it to recover again, my mind needs to recover. I just felt a lack of energy. I felt a lack of excitement. You know, my sexual drive, my energy, how much I want to dance, like all of these things are really driven by my mindset and me feeling really good and having high energy. Even when it comes to my dancing, you know, I was, I do a lot of TikToks. I went from posting TikTok dances like every day to once a week. And then on top of that, I was asked to develop a new dance program for Beachbody. So in the midst of my body really hurting, I got the opportunity to create an amazing new program. And that was another reason why I was like, I have to do something. I have to get out of this mental run and my body needs to get out of this tightened state. Now, let me just explain to you one more thing before I continue with what I did. I want you now to imagine waking up and really having a hard time standing up, not because you're weak, but just because lengthening, stretching, contracting your muscles just hurt. Just walking down the street or trying to pick up my kids just hurt. It was really overwhelming because I consider myself to be a very strong person. And so... When that stuff started to happen and it started to take over my mind and my body, I just knew I had to do something. So when Scott approved of me going to get the stem cell therapy for the second time, I was really nervous because number one, like I said, it's very expensive. And number two, my body was in such a state that I really didn't know if it was going to work. But I had to trust the process. I had to trust the doctor and I just had to trust 
and believe in myself that I was going to do everything I needed to do to aid in the progress of whatever the stem cell therapy was going to do. So I ended up getting on a plane, flying to Atlanta. And even what's very interesting is on the plane, I did a lot of meditating. I did a lot of breathing. I remember it being the fastest flight that I've ever been on, the fastest three-hour flight that I've ever taken, simply because I was really trying to focus on getting my mind ready for the procedure that was about to happen. But little did I know, little did I know, this was going to be the most painful procedure that I've ever been through. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, I'm back and I'm talking about this recovery journey and I'm about to get into some really scary interesting stuff. If you're a person that gets very queasy, I would just advise you to maybe, you know, skip sections or push the mute button if you need to, because I'm going to get very graphic here. First, I arrive to to the doctor's office and the first thing that he always does is sits you down for a consultation, even though he knows what you need and what it is that you're going to do. He sits you down for a consultation because He really likes to question you to really get into your psyche to understand what it is that you've done in the past, even if he's worked on you before, and really understand your mental state and why it is that you want to do this. So the first thing we did was we went into the room and we had an amazing conversation. But more importantly, I like to say he was reading me. Like, I'm sitting up here thinking, I'm healthy, I eat healthy, I'm so good, I'm all of this, like, great stuff. And he's like, you're not doing the right things, especially after having a boat accident. We even talked about testosterone and how, as men get older, they lose testosterone. Because one of the things that was affecting me, and this is very personal, was my ability to get really excited during sex, like I was just like, like everything after the boat accident just like took a major hit negatively on my body. And so, you know, it was, I was very vulnerable talking to another man about testosterone and my sex drive and just my strength. And as a man out there and maybe ladies out there, you can think about you know, just your ability to be a great, a powerful woman or a great mom or whatever it is that you think about that helps make you powerful for a man, you know, your sexual driving, your strength and not feeling strong. That is, that is a blow to your ego. That's a blow to everything that you felt or feel like you've been doing to make yourself a really great person. And so the conversation was just, it was very eye opening because you have a medical professional there saying, hey, this is what you need to change. This is what you need to do. And as a person who is a leader in the health and fitness industry, 
you know, he reminded me that it's more than just working out really hard and just eating really healthy. So here's a little snippet of the conversation that I had with my doctor in the consultation room. Just kind of sit back and relax and understand that you're not listening to Sean T right now. You're listening to Sean be very vulnerable. I have pro athletes right now, Sean, that literally get IV therapy three times a week, right? So the only thing that makes, and you'll debunk this fear or theory, is, and I know it's safe, but I always had this thought process of like, when your organs get too much hydration is not good. Oh, there's no such thing. Because I'm only giving you a liter. I'm not giving you, I'm not giving you like, right? I'm giving you a liter of, of fluid, right? But not just fluid. In there are the, the, the vitamins that your body needs, right? The proteins that your body needs, the things that need to convert your energy levels, the stuff to get rid of your lactic acid, mm. stuff to get rid of all the toxins. Mm. See, this is the game. The game is I work out, work out, work out, work out six hours a day, six hours a day, six hours a day. I'm burning, 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 burning for six hours a day, Sean. Tell me what you've given my muscles to, to build back up, right? Some hummus. Some celery? That ain't gonna do it. <laughs> not hummus. <laughs> right? You're eating healthy, right? That's not gonna do it. Yeah, so, true. so true. I mean, so if if, if 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 I'm contracting all day, playing six hours, doing what I need to do, and I'm burning all that muscle, I'm burning that the amino acids, I'm burning those 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 vitamins, I'm burning everything, those minerals, I'm burning those electrons, those magnesiums, zinc. What are you doing to give that back to me? Mm-hmm. You're not. So I'm in a deficit. So my my cup is always half full. So from a muscle standpoint, from a recovery standpoint, I am working half full, always. And then you, the next day comes, I finally recover, then you go again. And all of a sudden, by the end of the week, you're drained. You're drained. And so the next thing is you get tightness. You get muscle cramping. You get all these other things. You start to see these things like, wait a minute, I didn't cramp. Mm-hmm. I didn't cramp. I don't cramp. Right? Well, guess what? That's your body's telling you, Sean. Bro, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on E. I'm on E. I'm on E. And, 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 and he who wins in life is who you recovers the fastest. Mm. All right. So after I had the consultation with the doctor, we move into the procedure room. I like to call it the operating room. And like I said, I've gotten stem cell therapy before. So I was at least I thought I was ready. I was like, this is going to be great. I changed my clothes. I, you know, they clean me up. Everything is fine. And I'm just I feel really good, but little did I know this procedure was going to hurt worse than any other procedure. And it started with the needle that they put in my hip. Now, why do they put a needle in my hip? The doctor puts the the first needle in my hip to numb my hip because my hip is where they get the stem cells. Now, some people are like, what are stem cells? And I'm going to be... I'm not a doctor, but I'm going to give you an extremely elementary version of what stem cells is. Stem cells are the part of your blood that is the youngest part of your blood. So let's just say if you're I'm 42 years old, they get stem cells so they can spin down this blood to get the youngest Sean T ever. He calls them little Sean T's. So basically, they spin down your blood after they can after they extract the blood. And what's left are your stem cells. So he's getting parts of my blood that's like seven years old. All right. So that just kind of helps you understand 
what the stem cells are. But anyway, back to the needle. The first needle that they gave me was to numb my hip. And the reason why they numb my hip is because there are two great places to get stem cells. One is from what I believe to be the bone marrow in your hip. And the second place to get great stem cells is the adipose tissue in your stomach. So basically, the fat in your stomach. But he said, Sean, you don't have fat in your stomach, so I have to go through the hip. So this is where you might get a little queasy. So after they put the anesthesia to numb my hip, after they put the needle in to numb my hip, which was the anesthesia, they then take a what looks like a, a straw. Imagine like a very thin red straw that you put in like a cocktail, but instead, instead of it being a straw, it is actually a piece of metal that is a straw, and at the top, it looks like it has this kind of little handle where you can spin, almost like to screw something in. I know it sounds crazy. So after my hip is numb, they put this straw-like tube into my hip, and then they take a hammer, and he starts hammering. Now, initially, I don't feel anything because I'm numb, but then the, the deeper he hammers into my hip... Then I start feeling a slight bit of sting. So I was like, oh, I'm like, oh, no. And I was like, I need some more anesthesia. So the, his assistant comes over, puts more anesthesia in my hip and to the point where I just can't feel anything. And then he starts hammering. Now, I think he's going to be hammering for 10 seconds. And it, it felt like five minutes. So he's hammering, hammering, hammering. Now, the reason why he's hammering so deep is because the blood that he needs to get is deeper into my hip. Now, I think it's like three or four centimeters. To some people, centimeters, you're like, oh, that's not that far. But when somebody's banging into your hip, that is far. So he's banging into my hip. He finally gets there, twists a little bit, and now he takes off, I believe he takes off this cap, and then he puts something in so he can extract the blood. Believe it or not, the extracting of the blood from my hip was the first most painful part. <laughs> and the reason why is because you feel a tremendous amount of pressure when someone's extracting blood from a place that deep into your bone. And, you know, when he actually pulled the blood out the first time and I saw it in the syringe, I actually realized before he had even said anything, it's like, wow, my blood is really dark. And I could see on his face... He's like, Sean, this is not good. Your blood is really dark. And I'm like, I didn't know what it meant, but I know the last time that I got my stem cells extracted from my hip, my blood was red. It was like a brighter red. And he was like, you have a lot of toxins in your body. You have a lot of trauma. You have a lot of life stress. And this is where I get like super emotional because the minute he pulled the blood from my hip and explained to me that my blood being like a burgundy color is from stress immediately. I'm trying to like push away. I'm like, no, I'm fine. And then I just had to like, let go. And I was like, Oh, like I'm so stressed. Like I can't, I don't feel like I can walk. I don't feel like I could get out of bed. Like this is what was going on in my head. I was just like, and it, you know, as a person who likes to really push themselves forward and really continue to dig deep, you know, it was a very humbling experience to be like, you know, there are, there's science. And 
one of the scientific parts of your body being blood, which is pretty much the most important. Your blood has to pump through your heart. When that tells you a story, you have to believe the story. And so that was when I immediately kind of like, I went through a very like emotional internal place and I held it in. Like I didn't let anyone know, but it, it, it really, really stressed me out. Like to the max, it, it really took me to a level of stress in that room that I didn't think I was going to experience. But anyway, so he started pulling out the blood. He pulled out one. He pulled out two. I think he pulled out three or four. And each time he's pulling it out, I feel the pressure. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, can this be over? So eventually, he pulls the blood out. It's over. Uh, They take the blood. And they're about to do something with the blood, which is spin down the blood so that we can get the stem cells from it. But in the meantime, you know, he really took a lot of time to explain to me, you know, what we spoke about in the consultation room, he could see literally just by looking at my blood. And that is why I'm feeling the way that I feel. So he immediately, after seeing my blood, said, you know, what? I didn't plan to do this today, but I need to give you an IV. And I was just like, wow, like it was it was just so crazy because when I arrived at the doctor's office, I had no idea that this was going to happen. So now I got to sit and I have to get an IV. And I was like, you know, what are you putting in the IV? And so in the IV, I eventually found out that he's doing something that's called a Myers cocktail. In the Myers cocktail, it's, there are just a bunch of great vitamins and minerals that you need for your body to get a great source of energy. And I just remember getting the IV and I just started to get really cold. I was just like, whoa, this is really crazy. This is really cold. And I was just like, what's happening? Now, they put the IV on a very slow drip because they didn't want to like overwhelm me, especially because I just got blood taken out. So they were like, this is going to take about an hour. But about 15 minutes into, 15, 20 minutes into me having the IV, they then said, it's time for us to take the stem cells that were spun down in the machine and now inject the stem cells back into the parts of your body where you feel the most pain, which were my knees. This situation that was about to happen to me, there's nothing that could have prepared me for the pain that I was about to experience. Okay, everyone, this is really a place where you might just kind of want to, like, listen with caution. So the first time that I got stem cell injections, if this is my knee, right, let's just say this is my quadricep and this is my knee and this is the top of my knee. For those who are listening and not watching this on YouTube, I'm going to explain. The first time I got stem cells injections... He put the needle in the top of my knee, but the needle went behind my kneecap. And I felt a little pain and a little pressure, but I was like, oh, that was, you know, that hurt a little bit. Then he did my left knee. I was like, oh, that hurt a little bit, but I was completely fine. This time, the second time around, he went to the side of my knee because he said, not only did he get my MRI and see the wear and tear of my knee, But he also said, I want to get literally right behind the kneecap. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So when he put the needle behind my kneecap, initially I felt it and I was like, oh, like that is crazy. And I'm not afraid of needles, but it wasn't until he put the stem cells in where he starts to press the stem cells in behind my knee. Did I get the worst pain that I've ever experienced in my entire life? And so I looked down and he had only put maybe a millimeter of the stem cells in. So the stem cells, it's like a really kind of like pinkish color because they really spin your blood down again, get the good parts of your blood. And I knew I was in for it. And so it took about a minute, a minute and a half, what felt like longer. And I just felt this tremendous amount of pain. And then he put some other stuff in my knee. But I will tell you guys, it's the first time that I ever got a medical procedure where I was lightheaded. And I was like, I need to lay down. I was like, I need to lay down. And it was the first time where I got a medical procedure where I was like, I don't want him to do the other knee. But this is where the trust and belief and the conquering your mind and digging deeper comes through or comes in. I literally said, Sean, you have to do this. So when he went to the other knee, I just had to go to a place of understanding and just say, do you want to get better? Do you want to feel good? Do you want to have, be in a better mental state? And that's what I thought about when he put the second injection in my other knee, which hurt just as bad. I then a little bit later got one in my shoulder and then I got one in my right Achilles. And so the one in my shoulder, which a lot of you don't know about, is back when I filmed Insanity Max 30, I was doing some sort of exercise. I think maybe I was doing like a downward dog or something to just like prepare for my shoot. And my SC joint right here, your SC joint is right under your neck. If you feel those two bones that are right under your neck uh, popped out. So the Max 30 filming had to be delayed like three days, two or three days because so that was a long time ago and it affected my range of motion in my left shoulder. But I felt, oh, I'm fine. Again, I'm fine. But it's been like that for years. So this time he said, no, let's put some stem cells in there. Let's try to help your range of motion and try to make it work. And then the Achilles. And I know I'm giving you guys a lot of my medical history, but the reason why I'm doing this is to let you know you're not alone. And I'm not superhuman. 
and I'm not perfect. But anyway, I have flat feet, so all my life have problem. I've had problems with my knees and with my Achilles. And so he put a stem cell injection into my Achilles, and he basically told me, with your Achilles, it's just like this long thing that just needs to stay lubricated. And after years and years of wear and tear, the lubrication just dies down. So these stem cells are going to help go back in, lubricate it, regenerate that area of all the body uh, parts where I got the stem cells injections and make it feel better. I will tell you this. Once I got that final stem cell injection into my Achilles, I felt so much better just knowing that I was done getting these needles. Anyway, cut to the IV finished. The fact that I felt great was just an overwhelming sense of relief. The next morning when I woke up, I was in a tremendous amount of pain. I couldn't walk. I had to text Chip and say, can you carry my bags? Again, you know, asking for help was just like one of those things that kind of took me into this downhill mental spiral, but I did it anyway. So a lot of people out there have a really hard time asking for help. And it really is because, at least for me, asking for help makes me feel weak. Asking for help makes you acknowledge your weaknesses. Asking for help then makes you realize that you have even more work to do. Some people look at asking for help as a stressor. Right. So like, if I ask for help, that means, you know, somebody's going to help me. But that means I'm going to have more work to do. And then that means I'm going to have to go into a deeper state of stress. I remember talking to someone that's very close to me about going to therapy in general. And they said, I don't want to go to therapy because it's going to make me relive the past. And my response to them was, if you don't go to therapy, you're going to be stuck in the past. So for me, I realized that not asking for help keeps me stuck in the place that I don't want to be in. And while I know that about therapy in terms of going to a therapist, I know that. But for some reason, feeling weak and asking for help when it comes to my body specifically, I'm supposed to be Sean T., I'm supposed to be strong. I'm supposed to be able to do 75 push-ups in a row. But if you don't ask for help, if you don't go get the help you need or work on it, you won't do the 75 push-ups because you ain't doing them now, right? So, and that just reminds me that even when I was exercising, I realized I had to take more breaks, which is another telltale sign that I wasn't in a great place in my body and I was working out every day. So I say all that to say that asking for help will help you get better. It might throw you into a place of internal turmoil because you now have to admit to yourself that you're in a place that you don't want to be in or admit to yourself that you're in a place where you feel weak. But the end result, the end result is better. Asking for help makes you better. So don't be afraid of that. Now we all judge ourselves, y'all. We all judge ourselves. Most of the time, when we look in the mirror, we look at the thing that we don't like. We don't like our hair. I need a haircut. Oh my gosh, my pants don't fit. It's a little tight right here. I feel bloated. I'm guilty of it too. But one of the ways that I actually get myself out of doing that 
I do, I do a few different things. One, and you've heard me say this before, when I look in the mirror, I go to the one thing that I like. I'm like, focus on the thing that you like. And some people say, well, I don't like anything about myself. Well, go get your nails done or do your hair or do your makeup so that you immediately practice, oh my gosh, I feel really good. So for me, I either look at what I like, I'll go put on an outfit and I'll literally you know, walk into a room so Scott can be like, oh, you look handsome. He always gives me a compliment. So that helps me. You know what I mean? I get the compliment from someone else. But some of the other things that I do to help practice that is I literally breathe, y'all. And this may not be the most exciting thing to do. And this definitely may not be the most popular thing to do. But about a year and a half ago, Sam taught me box breathing, which I'm sure a lot of you have done before. And now I just take an inhale for four seconds or five seconds. I hold my breath for four seconds or five seconds. I exhale and that releases the mental stress and I start to think clearly. And it goes to what Scott always says, give me the facts. Or it goes to what I like to say, uh, my friend Sarah Koenig on the Serial Podcast says, give me the facts. What are the facts? Okay, maybe you aren't at your fittest, but what are the facts? The facts are, this is what you need to do. You know you need to eat healthier. You know you need to exercise more. You know you need to sleep more. You know you need to take your vitamins. So these are just some of the things that, in this situation, when it comes to my recovery and the way my body was feeling, I had to force myself to do. I had to force myself to do it. Because, again, the reason why people don't take action on judging themselves or being the mean girl in the mirror is because sometimes being mean to yourself feels comfortable. Sometimes being negative feels comfortable. And being comfortable in a negative state for some people, and I think for a lot of people, is much harder than working on yourself to get you to a place where you feel good. They say there's a thin line between love and hate. And there's a thin line between hating on yourself and feeling really good about yourself. And that thin line is the action you take to get better. One step to doing something to getting better is like, 50 steps in the direction of getting better. When you start working out a little more or when you just change one thing about your diet, that immediately changes your mindset because you've done something that's good, right? But if you stay in a spot where you're just judging yourself and not liking yourself, you're going to stay in a spot. So you have to change something in the equation in order to get yourself to a place where you feel much better. And for the next three days, I was just in a really, really bad place mentally. I know that I had gotten this procedure and I knew that the procedure was done to make me feel better, but I felt like it had exacerbated my already bad feeling from before I got the procedure, because before, you know, I felt the lactic acid. I felt tight. I didn't feel great. And then once I got the stem cell procedure, now I'm in a, a, a place where for the next few days I have to recover. And then on top of that, 
I'm not allowed to work out. I'm not allowed to move. I'm going to tell you something that a lot of you may have experienced before. When I don't work out for three days and I'm sitting down and I just feel immobile, I start to judge every part of my body. I start to judge my face. I start to judge I feel bloated. I start to just, I just start to just go on a downhill mental, like, bashing everything about myself. Now, mind you, I'm doing that, but I'm also trying to combat that with stop being ridiculous, like you need this. So there's this tug of war going on in my mind, which is like, you needed to do this, stay the course, you're horrible, like, you should have worked out harder before this. Like, there's this crazy tug of war that's going on. Now, mind you, the morning right before I went to stem cell therapy, I was running on a treadmill. I had done a morning meltdown 100 workout. You know, I felt good. I felt like I looked good. I was like, my skin is glowing. I was all great. Then this happened. And literally, 36 hours later, I'm in this place of like, your face is fat. You're bloated. Blah, blah, blah. Like, this is what's happening. And I'm telling you guys this because you're not alone. And I know a lot of you out there do this if you take a rest or if you have a medical procedure or if you can't work out for something. And the biggest lesson I learned by taking my mind through that mental state was a couple days later when I actually went to my first recovery day. It was a tumultuous I would say week from the time I got the stem cells to the time I went to my my first recovery day because I was just really battling the negative thoughts in my mind. But I got up on Thursday morning, a week after my stem cell procedure. I went to get my first IV outside of the doctor's office here in Scottsdale. So I got my first IV, then I went to cryotherapy Then at cryotherapy, I did compression therapy. And at that point, I was actually moving again and I was allowed to play tennis. Now that day, I actually felt great because I was doing something. I was actually taking an active approach, but I still was just like, I wanna get out of this mental state. And while, like I said, moving really helped, I was just waiting for that moment where I started to feel better. And that happened 24 hours after my first recovery day. So Friday, I think it was the fact that I was able to move again. I went to cryotherapy, went to compression therapy. The stem cells started to kick in and I got another Myers cocktail IV. I felt so much better. I can't even tell you. And the thing that had the biggest jump in positivity, if you will, was this. It was my mindset. And so I texted my doctor and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel really amazing. You know, I did this, I did this, I did all this stuff. And he was like, Sean, your body was lacking all of the things that it needed because stress was taking over your body. And I know you have all heard this before, but stress is a silent killer, y'all. And I hate to be so graphic, But it is. A lot of people will just put stress in the background. They'll just say, oh, it'll be fine. Oh, I'll work on it. Oh, it'll be fine. I'll work on it. But stress 
anxiety or whatever other type of mental health struggles that you might have, and I use stress because everyone deals with stress, it really takes you on a downhill spiral. And one of the things that I also realized through my doctor is it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to be extremely vulnerable. It's okay to admit that you're in a place where you're not okay. It really is okay. But the most important thing is your ability to push past the negativity so that you can take an active approach to making yourself better. Because had I, number one, been afraid to ask Scott if I can go get the stem cell therapy because it's expensive, Number two, which is more number one, if I just neglected my emotions and decided to say, I'm going to fight through this, I'm going to fight through this, I'm going to hide my stress, I'm going to hide my stress. If I would have done that, not only would I not be better, but I would be putting myself in a deeper hole, in a deeper state of negativity. And as you all know, especially here, trust and believe We're all about trusting and believing in yourself. And the best way to trust and believe in yourself is to be honest with yourself. To know, again, and I may sound like a broken record, to know when you need help. And to give yourself the courage to admit you need help and then take action on going to get the help. I wanted to share this story with you all today because, one, I feel like if I'm not very transparent in what's happening in my life, especially when you talk about things that aren't good, I feel like I come off as a fraud, right? Because in social media or even podcasts or whatever, people see your happy times. They see you jovial and you post pictures and you're smiling, but there's always something Um, that could be going on. There's not always something behind a smile, but a lot of times when you're seeing someone smile, there could be something behind the smile. Yes, there are moments, there are things that I post, and I am really happy when I post pictures with my kids or with my husband or with my friends or all of that stuff. I am happy. They are moments of joy. But after the camera snaps, There's a whole other world that is happening to your friends, to your family, to the people in your life. And I just want to let you all know, while I don't always post about the negative things, I did post about the stem cell therapy. But while I don't always post about the negative things, I want you to know that there are people like me that are going through things, that are going through mental stressors, that are having family issues, and I'm working through it. And I have to work through it in my own time. And I know you have to work through it in your own time. But I really hope that by just hearing a little bit about my stress, uh, my mental stress, how my body isn't perfect, even as a fitness professional, I hope that it helps you say, you know what, let me put my mind and my body in fifth gear and take action on getting better. The biggest takeaway is this. Recovery shouldn't just be a day off. Recovery shouldn't just be, oh, I'm going to go, you know, to the spa today, or I'm just going to go shopping. These things are great. They help with your mental stress, shopping, you know, or online shopping because we're in a pandemic, or going to the spa. Yeah, you know, getting in a hot tub and getting a massage. These are great. 
things to do. But I really encourage you all to start taking an active approach on your recovery day. And when I say active, if you can afford the IV or if you can't, there are tons of supplements out there that give you those vitamins, the minerals that you need to aid in addition to your nutrition. I also realized while Scott and I start out with a salad every night and we eat really healthy, that your body can still be lacking a lot of the nutrients that it needs, even if you eat healthy. Especially somebody like me who is developing a dance program. I try to do some bonus workouts for you lovely people in my fitness community. In addition to that, my mental stress release is playing tennis. So, and I dance for TikToks and social media because I think it's fun. So everything that I'm doing is actually adding more lactic acid buildup, breaking my muscles down more. And so I have now set myself up in a schedule that my recovery days are not just, I'm not going to work out today. My recovery days are going to get my IV, going to cryotherapy, going to compression therapy. Next week, I'm going to start hyperbaric chamber therapy, and I'm also going to go in the infrared sauna. Now, I know that not everyone can afford these things. That's why I say supplements are really, really great. But if you can try once a month to do one of these one of these procedures that kind of help you recover, I just really, really recommend it. In the minimal state, you can stretch every day and you can get some ice, wrap your knees 20 minutes on, 20 minutes off, and try to do as much yoga as you can to keep your body limber. And then obviously a lot of people love to meditate for your mental state. But take an active approach on your recovery. Don't just sit on your day off. Actually go out there and do things that are going to make your body better as you recover each and every week. I thank you all so much for listening to Trust and Believe, to listen to my journey. I hope you got a lot of information out of this of things you can do to help you move forward. One, being honest with yourself. Two, taking an active approach to make your body and mind better.